In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a Steelers Week special, and we've got Tom Reed, sports writer for the for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I hate saying the word Pittsburgh, but I just said it to give a bit of respect to Tom. Tom, how are you, sir? Good, very good. How about yourself? Tom, last time you were on English soil was Browns versus the Vikings in London, yeah? That's right. And I, I got to tell you right off the bat, I feel like I'm talking to James Corbin. <laughs> you know, right, on, right away, straight away. Should we do a wrap-off or a <laughs> carpool? Like car, carpool karaoke? Yeah. Uh, no, it was in 2017. Uh, I was there covering the Browns. And... Um, we were, it was, of course, the year that they went 0-16, so the results really didn't matter other than the players. It was the game that Browns, serious Browns fans will remember that Kenny Britt basically ripped England, didn't want to come, out, come to England, and England probably said, we don't care, you suck, uh, you know, go on and do something else and steal your money from somebody else. Uh, but it was a great trip. Uh, we went to um, – I was working at The Athletic at the time, and uh, – hooked up with the people that run the dugout uh, Belushi's right. Yep. And uh, they were going to have a Saturday night. So it was, it was big. It was a place where apparently Ohio state fans go. And I'm like, well, you know, they're going to have a lot of Browns Browns fans in the town. And they said, well, what we normally do at Belushi's, we have a big upstairs and people watch whatever sporting event. And on that night, there's going to be a, a, a big boxing match big fight at night and we'll put the Ohio state people downstairs in the basement uh, that we, we have college football fans to go. Now, am, am I describing the right place? Perfect. Okay. So, so, so I, I read a little story that, you know, there's this, 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 this Ohio state bar and Ohio state was playing Penn state. And uh, that night uh, the boxing fans uh, were in the basement. There were so many Ohio state people, so many Browns fans that showed up. They just took Belushi's over. The owner made a business decision and said, we're going to have a game upstairs. It was a great day. We had gone to the Crystal Palace West Ham game earlier in the day and then went and saw Ohio State rally to beat Penn State that night. And then that all the good tidings ended when the Browns got thumped by Minnesota. But again, at that point, it really didn't matter. They were just trying to get a high draft pick, which they did. Yeah, awesome. It was the only game I think at halftime we were winning that season, so uh, it was um, it was quite exciting. But look, we're all here about the Steelers. It potentially it's not as big as the game last year, but it's a huge game for the Browns. And um, what's the news inside the Steelers camp at the moment, Tom? They're just trying to find somebody that can stop the run. Uh, they're trying to find somebody that can protect Ben Roethlisberger and open holes. Uh, there's thought that this week that maybe uh, they go back to um, Kevin Dotson at left guard. He, he may be taken off the injury reserve list. He would replace John LeGlue, who's like the fifth guy 
who has uh, tried to play a left guard. Obviously, the, the story coming into the season was they went out and got Najee Harris, who has been very good doing the best he can running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. The fact is they don't have an offensive line uh, that can block him, and I can't remember a time in Steelers history where a coach left midseason that wasn't being fired uh, to go take a job in college as uh, they have this week uh, with Adrian Clem. Uh, it's, it's, it's very bizarre that, that this would happen, but given the state of the offensive line, uh, Mike Tomlin may have just said, just go ahead. We'll, we'll figure something out here these last two weeks. Uh, it's been that, it's been that bad. It's without question been their biggest problem. And, uh, you know, you'd continue to think it would be a problem this week. I know, uh, JD and Jadani and Clowney's back. And, uh, of course, Miles Garrett, if he's healthy, is going to pose a real problem for that offensive line and pass rush. Do you, um, hand on heart, who do you see winning the game? Oh, I, I think that I, I think the Browns have an excellent shot. I, I don't think I can't understand how the Browns lost the first game this year. Uh, it was a terrible game. It was one of the worst first halves of football I've ever seen. Uh, but, you know, it, it does – both quarterbacks will play a part in it. Obviously, there's going to be a huge – component of uh, the Steelers will do everything they can to win Ben's last game in Pittsburgh. Obviously Ben's had a mastery of the Browns, but I just think that the, the Steelers at this point are so fragile. Uh, they, they're just a team that, that has not played very well all season and they haven't played very well late. If it's not for Ryan Tannehill turning the ball over four times two weeks ago, they're, they're riding a pretty decent losing streak here. Uh, Again, if it gets late and it's a close game, then I worry that, you know, uh, your quarterback just has not been very good this year. I mean, I, I'm sure that's – you guys talk about Mayfield every week on the podcast. Um, and last week, I'm sure – well, this week, I guess, uh, given what happened in Kansas City in a game that they could have won that game as well, uh, they let that go away. So I think if, this, if the Browns can get a lead, I think they win. Uh, if If – if they have to play from behind late in the game, uh, you know, maybe the Steelers find a way. But I would pick the Browns like 24-21. Cool. 24-21, I like that. Tom, a real quick question, Tom, before Ian fires away, is what's your views on Baker Mayfield? Do you think he's the guy for the Browns or you think we should start be looking for alternative next season? I think he's start looking for alternatives next season. I think he's had, what is this, his fourth year? I think he kind of is what he is, and that's not bad. I mean, in, in, in the history of, of the modern Browns, he's by, without question the best quarterback. Unfortunately, the bar has been set so low. Uh, my feeling is that he, that Baker Mayfield and the young Browns kind of grew together for a couple of years, and now he's holding them back. And I, I, you look at this, if you look at the AFC right now, you look at what I think are going to be the best teams in a couple of years. It's still going to be Kansas City, dynamic, young, mobile quarterback. Uh, it's going to be the Chargers in a couple of years when they get things figured out. And in, the, in their own division, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals who may have the best uh, group of offensive weapons with Burrow, those three wide receivers. Joe Mixon's still a good running back. I mean, they're going to have to find – teams are going to have to find ways to stop them for years to come. So I do think you need an upgraded quarterback. And because the, the, the good news is you've got the rest of the, the pieces. 
And I, I tell people this all the time. We said, oh, you got to find the quarterback first. Well, Ben Roethlisberger's 15-year run or however many, 19-year run started with a pretty complete team in Pittsburgh with a bus, that great defense, a really good offensive line. And they were lucky that the Browns decided we're good with Jeff Garcia. We'll take Kellen Winslow. And kind of the rest was history there. So it can be done. I, I, would, I would foresee someone coming in to compete with him next year. And, and then they go from there. The best part, Tom, is the Browns actually traded up for Kellen Winslow. <laughs> because yeah. so, they were worried that Washington was going to take him. Washington wanted Sean Taylor the whole time. So that's nor here nor there. But when it comes to this Steelers team, and unfortunately or fortunately enough, depending if you're asking me or my wife, I watch them every week. They're on one of the most impressive streaks that I think I've seen in modern football history in their ability or inability, I should say, to score points in the first half. The team has notoriously been slow getting out of the gate now for six, seven games. I mean, I think, I saw a stat where they'd been outscored in the first half, 91 to eight going into this chiefs game uh, last week. What is Tomlin saying, doing, is this all a stem from the offensive line? Like what is going on in the first half and why the Steelers just have no ability to score the football in the first half? Oh, they have no idea. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not quite sure why it is. Certainly the offensive line plays into it. The quarterback, I don't think it's been very good. There's been a lot of, ex, you know, I don't want to say excuses. I mean, his man's 39 years old. <laughs> and he's, unfortunately for them, he's playing like a 39-year-old now. But uh, he's had a Hall of Fame career, whether you like it or not. And, uh, but he's just reached a point where they, he just isn't very good. And, and one thing I will say, if you look at the last five or six games of last season for the Brown, or for the Steelers, they look a lot like what this season has looked like offensively. They struggled out of the gate. Um, it, is, it is amazing that they can't score. If you can't establish a running game, which they just haven't really been able to do, then you're going to struggle with the rest of your game. They don't throw the ball deep because Roethlisberger does, A, doesn't have time, and B, doesn't have quite the arm that he did. So people have kind of figured out how to play these guys. Uh, they stack the box. They know that they, know that, that they want to run Najee Harris. He's without question the most talented probably guy on that group they, because Claypool is their, their most talented guy, but he's re really regressed. I mean, he was a look that, you know, if you watched Chase Claypool the first 10, 11 games last year, you thought, oh, my gosh, they've got a real star on their hands here. And the guy was benched two or three games ago. He had all kind of issues this season. Uh, has really been a disappointment. So who is their star? They're, they're, Deontay Johnson is a really good player, but he's not going to take the top off defenses. So who scares you uh, from that Steelers thing? What you know, normally happens, I think, is they fall behind, teams defensively start to get a little more conservative, and then they start to pile up some yardage and do get some points in the second half in the fourth quarter. And they've, they've made a couple of nice comebacks, but it's just not a very good offense. How much heat is Matt Canada taking for the offense? Cause it was debatable when the Steelers going into the draft took Najee Harris, obviously talented guy out of Alabama, but it just seemed like there was the Steelers have always been a team that fills what I would call the core needs, right? Those offensive linemen, they always take the best defensive linemen. You know, they were never a kind of about making that sexy splash pick. 
They go out, get Najee Harris. I think everybody in the league said, well, we know what they're trying to do now. Given the fact that Roethlisberger was on the decline, Claypool, you're right, is hot, cold. I mean, he can high point a ball like no other, but drops a slant or does his bozo play on fourth down that, you know, draws the ire of the National Football League. But in terms of Matt Canada, the Najee Harris pick, what are the Steelers trying to do? Is Matt Canada somebody whose job's on the hot seat? I would think so. I would think maybe both coordinators. Uh, yeah, Matt Canada has struggled. I mean, the whole offense has been a mess. I, I would point – I think one of the biggest issues that doesn't gotten a lot of, of, of play is they ended up drafting Pat Fryermuth in the second round, who's a good tight end, although he's already on the second concussion. But it's a very good tight end. But that was a pick that was necessitated – that should have been an offensive lineman right there. What happened is they failed so badly on Eric Ebron. The Eric Ebron uh, free agent signing has been such a, such a, I don't want to say disaster is too strong of it, but he did not come in and fill the role that they wanted. So then they had to double down and go back out and get a tight end uh, at, the, at the expense of maybe using that second round pick on an offensive lineman. I still think Najee Harris is going to be a really good player. I mean, he's like fifth or sixth in the league. Now, granted, his yards per carry are really low because of how many attempts he does, how many attempts he takes. But he also catches the ball well out of the backfield. I think if they get that offensive line straightened out, they'll, he'll, he's going to be just fine. Uh, but they, again, they, they are paying for the sins of not getting the offensive line correct. And they're, unfortunately for them, have a quarterback who's who has declined – uh, fairly steadily over the last year and a half. Well, I, I think that's as good of a breakdown on the Steelers offense as you're going to find in terms of what's going on in Pittsburgh, because we're just not used to it. I mean, in Cleveland, obviously we're used to the Steelers coming out and hanging 35, 40, 45, 48. I mean, the days of watching Mike Wallace and Emmanuel Sanders and, you know, Antonio Brown just run rough shop on a Brown secondary, I think it's just kind of, spoil this over the years and thinking that the Steelers team can go out anytime they want and hang 30. So now the other part about the Steelers team is how consistent the defense always seems to be, you know, unfortunately they went and added a couple uh, we'll call them Browns legends because they're just fan favorites in Joe Hayden and Joe Schobert to kind of anchor, you know, this defense. But even though the defense is aging, they're still playing pretty well, obviously led by Cam Hayward in the middle. So what is it about the Steelers' defense that's been able to maintain this consistency where it just seems like the offense can't? Like, what are they doing right on defense? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I think they've, they've been okay. I think that they have, like, three or four high-end players. Uh, you mentioned Hayward, who's had a great season. Although, again, it's a team that just hemorrhages rushing yards. That's, to me, I mean, when you, when you, when you used to think about – I'll look at it from the Brown standpoint – for years, you just knew you couldn't run the ball on them. They just, just you weren't going to be able to do that. You might be able to, you might be able to beat them if they turn the ball over a couple of times. You might be able to hit them on a couple of pass plays, but you weren't going to beat them on the ground. They, they always had those big guys in the middle. Uh, and that kind of continued up and through early last season. And it has fallen apart teams. I mean, if you watch the, the, the Thursday night game against Minnesota, I, I think uh, Dale, uh, what's his name is still running somewhere. I mean, they just, they, they've struggled They're, They've got three or four high end players. They have again, Cam Haywood in the middle, 
TJ Watt, when he's healthy, that's a, that's been a big issue lately. And Joe Hayden, who is also 32, but made a big difference when he came back into the lineup a couple of weeks ago against Tennessee. Uh, but it's not, it's not been a, a great defense. It's, it's, it's been an okay defense. Uh, they're starting to get a few more sacks here later in the season. You know, they've, they've led the NFL in sacks the last three or four years. Uh, they weren't getting him earlier in the season. They also weren't getting turnovers. That, that's, the, that's been the hallmark of the Steelers' defense and really what you need in the NFL today because everybody gets yards, right? Every, every team gets yards. Uh, it's a matter of turn, turning teams over. And for years, the Steelers have been very good at it. Uh, they haven't been good at it as of late. Again, against Ryan Tannehill, that was a little different. Uh, they were able to get turnovers, and they ended up winning that game. Uh, but, you know, this is a team that has been losing the turnover battle in some games. Uh, Roethlisberger doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, but he struggled, you know, last week in Kansas City. Uh, you just saw – you saw all the issues – uh, laid bare against Kansas City and and why this team is in this position it is right now. And majority of those turnovers on the Steelers defense are caused by TJ Watt. What's his current injury status? Because I know much like our star pass rusher, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt's battling some injuries. So what's the latest on his injury? It's been status? just a growing injury. He's trying to play through it. Um, I would expect him to play. Um, but you, you, if you, you've watched some past games uh, where he's played, you know, he's, you see him on the sidelines a lot. I think that he's almost on a pitch count. Uh, it's been an, it was an issue early in the year. Then he had some knee and hip problems and, uh, and is back with the growing problems. I mean, full credit to him. The guy's had an amazing year, the limited amount that he's played. But he is absolutely their talisman on defense because as he goes, they go. Every, he's nev they've never won a game that he hasn't played in. Uh, they've lost a lot of the games, a lot, a lot meaning two or th three or four games where he's had to leave early uh, in games. Uh, he's without question the guy that, that, that every defensive court or every offensive coordinator has to plan for. And you, as you mentioned, um, he's not at full strength. Both he and Miles both are kind of, uh, kind of uh, trying to get through the end of this season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Watt in the offseason. Don't forget, they just signed him to that huge contract. And uh, I'm sure they hope things aren't going to go kind of how TJ's uh, Watt's career has gone after having a brilliant start, has, you know, had injuries over the last couple of years that have kind of slowed him. And I'm sure the Steelers are hoping that's not going to happen with TJ. Yeah, ironically, Miles. I meant JJ, excuse yeah. me. The Miles Garrett, the first pick of that draft, and then TJ Watt, obviously taken by the Steelers in the same draft at the 30th pick, I believe it was later. But I think now he's also got cracked ribs, right? I think Watt was dealing with ribs as well. Well, yeah, they're they're, they're saying he's dealing with something. Uh, they they kind of pushed that back, but I think it's fair. You know, again, these guys at this point of the year are are all banged up. Um, maybe they're maybe he is dealing with something more than just the growing. Uh, he but he has not. You know, he has struggled the last couple of weeks for sure. Uh, and oh. he's been kind of a situational player. This will this will give him a chance because the Browns, obviously their offensive line has been consistent in the middle. But if there is a weakness to the Browns offensive line, it's been out of that right tackle position. You know, the Browns hope to have Jed Wills back this week. 
the question is, do they then remain with Joel Batonio at left guard, moving him out to left tackle? He's been pretty good. So is Blake Hance going back to right tackle James Hudson? The Browns have just struggled mightily to find somebody as good as Jack Conklin, which is hard to do. But maybe this is the week that TJ Watt can actually, you know, create some havoc for that Steelers defense off that right Browns right side, obviously pass rushers left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just run the ball. <laughs> this is a team that, uh, again, struggles to stop the run. Uh, I, again, I, it's really, it really is. I, I was looking up the other day. They, they have trailed in games almost 60% of the time on, on offensive snaps this year. They've been behind constantly. Uh, so if, if the Browns, without question play best from a from their, their very good front runners uh the browns struggle when they get behind for i think some obvious reasons uh but if they can get ahead maybe not 28 nothing after one quarter but if they can get ahead they sh- they they could possibly come in here and win this game um i you know, i think they're favored when i saw a couple of days ago i'm not a gambler but i did did they not open as a three-point favorite yeah, it's still a three-point. Uh, Vegas has it basically at about a 22-19 Browns win. Uh, Over-unders 41. Line is still holding at three, which on the road, three points means they think it's an, a six-point neutral. So they're looking at it as a touchdown Browns in terms of a neutral site. Yeah, I, I don't – I mean, again, as, as long as the Browns don't come out and turn the ball over, you think about the, 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 the regular season game in Pittsburgh last year. And that was a game that was over in like six minutes because Baker Mayfield threw the pick six, I think, early in the game. And Pittsburgh scored on their first possession prior to that. And the game was over because you just there. And the Browns aren't a very good come from behind team. So, uh, again, getting off to a good start will be will be very important for the Browns. And like you had you laid out earlier that the Steelers have struggled to score in the first half of games. Uh, Tom, you're going 21-24 Browns win. Ian, what score are you going to go with? I actually think there's going to be a little bit more offense in this game. I think it's the Browns are going to probably get in that. I think it's going to be around the 27-17 Browns range. Um, it's just one of those ones where now the, the big kicker to this game is it's a Monday night game, obviously. So the, all the hype's going to be around Big Ben. And for all the people out there, we're actually going to get the Peyton Eli uh, ESPN cast for this game. So if you don't want to watch greasy and Riddick, you can go that route. But if the Bengals beat the chiefs Sunday at one o'clock, the game means nothing for either of those two teams. So the, well, for the division, right for the, the division. division, but for the, the percentage chance for the Browns to get that wild card spot is monumentally smaller. And I think the Steelers are in the same boat because of their AFC record. If I'm not mistaken, it's weird with all these scenarios, but realistically, if the Bengals beat the Chiefs and they clinch the division, I think the playoff odds for both the Browns and the Steelers drops precipitously. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, you know, the Browns were undone by their uh, their record in the AFC West yeah. uh, this year, uh, as was the Steelers as well. I mean, it, that, that was one of the issues I was worried about with the Browns coming into the year. I mean, they – they in Baltimore and Pittsburgh were handed maybe one of the greatest schedules I've ever seen last year. Uh, you, you got the, the AFC South and the NFC East that were just awful. You still had the Bengals that 
were kind of were still the Bengals and you know Burrow only played half the year. Browns went 10 and 0 in that scenario. I mean, they cleaned up on those two divisions. And I was worried that this year, I still picked them to win the division. I just thought they would win it with like nine or ten wins. Uh, not as they would not win as many games this year. And that's proven to be true for the whole division. I mean, uh, all the all the teams are down. I mean, Baltimore has just been absolutely decimated with injuries and no one's going to feel sorry for them. Uh, you know, the Bengals are a team that the only thing, the only thing I think the Browns, obviously Kansas city should win that game. You, you would think they would be favored to win that game, but boy, the, the, the Cincinnati has been really good at home. Uh, they've uh, other than the game against the Browns, they've been very good at home. They put some real whippings on teams uh, they played Green Bay toe-to-toe if they'd had a field goal kicker that day. Well, if anybody had, had a field goal kicker that day, uh, they could have won that game as well. Uh, but, you know, you have to think that you, logic tells you that Kansas City finds a way to win that game, and it'll be a great atmosphere. I, I talked to somebody in the ticket broker, a local ticket broker in Pittsburgh, that said this game wasn't moving. It was not moving. It's a hard game to sell secondary on the secondary market because it's a Monday night. After the holiday, it's cold, uh, but now it's become a hot ticket because you know it's it's clear that it's going to be Ben's last game, and there are playoff implications. So it should be a, it should be a fun game. We talked a little bit about the Browns and Baker Mayfield. Does Pittsburgh have their quarterback on the roster that they are looking at next year? Do you think Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins has a shot, or do you think the Steelers, like the Browns, are going to have to go either into the draft or free agency to find their guy for next year? Well, again, you, you know, what's been amazing about the NFL the last couple of years is, you know, I don't think a year ago at this time we would have been thinking that Matthew Stafford would be on the move, right? It's, it's the NFL all of a sudden we, we see some, some quarterbacks uh, moving around the league that you would not have expected. So I think <clears throat> right now that's a very hard question to answer. And I'm not ducking it. I think um, realistically this isn't a great draft for quarterbacks. Uh so the Steelers may end up having to go with Mason Rudolph. I, I would think he would get the first chance and maybe Haskins um, uh, maybe getting a chance too. I would think if you, if, if I was a betting man, I would think that it would be Rudolph next year and then using that first pick for any number of holes that the Steelers have to fill. And then maybe looking at their quarterback, if the quarterback class is better than next year, but then again, you know, if, if some of these guys uh, are on the move, if, if, if Deshaun Watson gets, uh, you know, some kind of legal clearance and, and people are morally can decide that, hey, you know, you, everyone deserves a second chance. And if these allegations are unfounded, then, may, you know, certainly he's going to be a guy that uh, uh, would possibly, you know, probably be on the move. So I think it's very hard to answer that question right now, just given what we've seen the last couple of years. Tom, where are you going to be watching the game on Monday? Uh, where would I be Monday? I'll, I'll probably be at home. My wife is from Pittsburgh, so she's uh, she's she'll be, but she's but she has kind of she she's a very realistic Steeler fan. She's she kind of bagged on him a couple of weeks ago. She's more into the Cavs right now, and yeah. uh, she's a Cavs fan and a Penguins fan. So uh, she's very realistic about this team. You know, even if they somehow find a way to get in, uh, you know, it's clear they're not going very far. And and as as Ian laid the 
laid out the scenarios, it's not it's not very realistic. And, they, and quite frankly, this team just hasn't really probably deserved to make the playoffs, although you could say that. You know, about the Browns, they, they, they've had a disappointing year given the expectation. Uh, but again, with the Browns, I think there's a lot of lot to be encouraged about if they can get the quarterback position sorted. Yeah, you sound like you're in the same boat. My wife, the irony is, is she doesn't like the Bengals more than she doesn't like the Browns. And since we have the tiebreaker, she's actually been pulling for us the last couple of weeks because she's does not want to see the Steelers in the playoffs. She just doesn't think the team's right. Her frustration level has reached like an all-time high with them in watching the game. Uh, so in terms of the Browns and, the, you know, whether it was the field goal against the Raiders or the four interceptions against the Packers, she's like, can you guys just get out of your own way and win a damn game? Like, come on here. You're killing me. But uh, the, yeah, it's odd. We talked about at the beginning of the season, that strength of schedule for the AFC North was just on paper looked tough and it's turned out to be what it is. I think of the four teams, I think all four were in the top 10. And if you look at the Ravens, I mean, the fact that they've been able to win some of those close games, whether by luck chance or, you know, whatnot, that's starting to even out with those two point conversions. So is there, if the Bengals can't win one of their final two games, is there a team in the AFC, AFC North that really deserves to make the playoffs? Because everybody's going to kind of be limping in, you know, at that point. So it'll, it'll be rather interesting, rather interesting to see if the chiefs, their five point favorites in Cincy, Kansas City, as you mentioned, is probably playing right now the best ball in the AFC. Oh, without um, question. Yeah, they were inconsistent as all can be the first few weeks, and it seems like Mahomes has finally figured that out. Now they have to now adapt without Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's going to be out maybe a week or so with that uh, that shoulder injury. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, obviously here in Cleveland, we're going to be cheering hard for those uh, those gentlemen out there in the, the red and yellow helmets to beat the Bengals because then it sets up the scenario where – Browns Bengals in Cleveland week 18, which is just kind of weird to say for the division crown. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is, you know, it's the AFC North is again, I think there's some good teams there. It's just, they've had a rough schedule. Um, you know, I, as a, until last week, I think they were the only one of only two divisions that had four teams with seven wins in it. So it's not like they, they it's not like the NFC East last year where just everyone was crappy and someone had to go. I, the teams aren't that bad. Uh, it's just that uh, it's been – they've, they've, again, had a rough schedule this year. And, you know, the Browns, again, have, have blown some games at the end uh, that, that's hurt them. The Steelers have been more – you know, I always say this. The Steelers this year, I think if I felt like I've spent 20 minutes – just kind of running down the, the team, but they weren't expected to be a, a great team this year. I think people looked at them as a borderline playoff team, whereas the Browns, you know, people looked at them as a potential Super Bowl uh, candidate. And one of the toughest things to do in sports, and, you know, I wrote about this early in the year, is to go from good to great. Uh, there's a lot of teams that, that, that can get to the good level but that last step of becoming a great team sometimes is very difficult and it can become very frustrating for some franchises. And I think the Browns are kind of dealing with that right now. Uh, I think the bills in some way they're dealing with that. Everyone thought the bills were going to be, you know, a super bowl favorite and may maybe they still do get their act together this year. But uh, those two teams have been the two that have probably disappointed a little bit. Again, again, they're still in playoff contention. And the Bills won a big game this week, this past week. 
so we'll see. But, uh, you know, again, if the Browns get the quarterback position figured out or if Baker Mayfield can finally kind of raise his level of play where it was um, toward the end of last season, then maybe they could, maybe they have a chance. But I still think they're going to be looking for a quarterback in the future. Awesome. Look, Tom, it's been absolutely amazing getting your behind-the-scenes view of the Steelers. When are you coming over to London next? It'll be great to see you again. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I, 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 will, I love the city. I've been there four times. Uh, I'm a big soccer fan, so uh, love to come back for games. Uh, I'm not quite sure when, but uh, we'll, have to have a, we'll have to have a few pints at uh, the dugout. Awesome. And uh, who's your soccer team? Uh, well, here I'm, I went 20 minutes and now I'm going to just blow it. I'm a Liverpool fan. So, oh. yeah, a Liverpool fan for 22 years. So, uh, yeah, awesome. Mate, you've got your team. Have you been to Anfield or not? Uh, not, not been to Anfield. Uh, it's funny. The only game I've been to, uh, the, 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 the three previous times I was in, in, in London, um, were in the summer. So the games were never going in the last time. Uh, covering the Browns, if, if, if you've covered the, ever covered the Browns, you just worry something's going to happen. And, 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 and Liverpool was playing away that day. And I'm like, if I, they may have been in West Brom or somewhere. And I'm like, if I go to West Brom, something crazy is going to happen with this team where I don't have my laptop. And I'm like, I'll just stay here in South London and go to uh, Crystal Palace. And that proved to be good. And of course, the Browns were nothing happened, no international incidents. So, uh, again, you always worry about that, especially in the Johnny Manziel era. Uh, but, uh, oh, I love the city. Can't wait to be back. We greatly appreciate it, Tom. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your insight. Paul, you wrap it up. Yeah, Tom, where can people find your details? I'm sorry. Where can uh, people? We're, we're, we're DK Pittsburgh Sports. And uh, you can follow me on t- uh, Twitter at uh, tread1919, although it's a lot of Liverpool tweets and uh, just re- 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 you know, uh, amplifying stories that I've written. So uh, good luck to you boys this week. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I, again, I think they have a, they have a decent shot uh, of coming out of there with a win, but uh, you never know with Ben Roethlisberger and the Browns. He always huh. seems to find a way. I just want to finish up by saying, Tom, go Browns. There you go. Enjoy.